The Colts finally appear to be turning the page, starting fresh, and leaving some of their old atrocities behind them. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, hello, everybody. I am Jake Arthur, and he is Zach Hicks. He is Zach Hicks, or Gardner Minshew, or every <laughs> truck driver you've ever seen. It's glorious. Whatever is going on in between your nose and mouth, it's beautiful. I, I look like the neighbor in office space. That's what I look like uh, as of right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Lawrence? Yeah, I look do. like Lawrence. Or I look like Bob Belcher from, from Bob's Burgers. Oof. I think... There's some good comparisons. You guys can drop it in the comment section below. But look, I'm a man of my word. I am wearing this mustache. Uh, it's not going to be for the whole year because I'm not that much of a man of my word. But I am <laughs> a man of my word to where at least I will give you guys, you know, part of this. It's it's on video now. It's going to be on YouTube. It's yep. going to be part of history now. So you guys can always access this if you want. But this is my punishment slash uh, reward, I guess, for <laughs> from Come a Colts winning. Yeah, comeuppance. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Well, like you alluded to on Twitter, your marriage is on the line if that thing doesn't hit the road in the near future. So yes, yes. I understand. <laughs> uh, but uh, I am back in the saddle today with Zach. Obviously, you guys have probably noticed it's it's been mostly Zach or just one or the other for a while. Um, I've obviously had some issues with my dog. She has one eye now. So uh, <laughs> thanks to Zach for holding everything down. Uh, thanks to you guys for your well wishes. She's feeling better. Uh, it's weird to have one eye, but dogs are dogs can bounce back strong. I think she dislikes wearing a cone more than she dislikes only having one eye. So it's it's interesting out here. We are going to talk about Colts and Ravens today. I have finally had a chance to watch the game. Zach has probably watched the game at least two, three, four times at this point. Uh, so we're going to give you our takes, kind of the, the things that stood out offensively, things that stood out defensively, and then either things that we really, really like they that they've done that we want to see them keep doing, or things we think they still have an opportunity to tweak moving forward that we would like to see them do as soon as this week against the Rams, for example. Uh, so offensively, Zach, I was looking at this thing, and I, I don't want to besmirch anyone who was here before, but... I just really like the way Shane Steichen calls a game. Like it's, it's not necessarily spotless. And there are sometimes things where, like, Ooh, what are you doing here? But like, I just feel like everything is very sensible. It's versatile and keeps the defense guessing. Like I really enjoy watching what the Colts put out there offensively. And, and keep in mind the past two games, it's been Gardner Minshew. Yeah. And, and it wasn't like a pretty game on offense overall. I mean, it was what 3.4 yards per, her like drop back or something gain for the Colts offense just that's terrible production from your offense (laughs) in this game Uh, but it's with your backup quarterback you always have to have that stipulation with it you're not throwing your design starter out there you have to change your offense to fit what Garner Minshew can do 
And I think Shane Sagan did a good job of giving Minshew the tools to be kind of successful in this game. Again, it wasn't much of a successful game, but Minshew didn't go out there and lose the game for the Colts. Mm -hmm. He did the Gardner Minshew thing. He got the ball out quick. He let the offense move a little bit and he did his thing. So yeah, I think you got to give props to Shane Steichen for leaning on what could work, looking at how the offense can still stay on track and still keep moving. Like they didn't have an amazing third down conversion rate in this game. It was like eight of 22, but Mm -hmm. it could have been worse with your backup quarterback out there. It could have been a lot worse. So I think Shane Steichen did a good job of just changing his whole offensive scheme and design to fitting Gardner Minshew and keeping the offense able to at least kind of move the ball in this game. I think there's real credit out to him for that because that's a hard thing to do. We've seen it with Frank Reich even when he was here, you know, going to backup quarterbacks, all these new quarterbacks. There's a lot of these like really bad issues that that started up pretty quick, but Shane Steichen was able to move to his guy and Gardner Minshew and, and get the job done. So hat off to Shane Steichen, did a really good job with that. Yeah, it, it was something where I thought they did enough to win. Like you said, they didn't have like a great third down conversion rate. And the defense was a huge part of it too, putting the offense in, in decent spots, creating turnovers. But, you know, Gardner made enough plays to extend drives a little bit, you know, was able to get them into uh, Baltimore territory where Matt Gay took over and showed that he was the MVP of the day. Uh, but yeah, in general, I thought Minshew as a passer was fine. I got to give him like a peripheral awareness score of zero in this game. Probably. I don't, I think there's plenty of things he would probably like to have back in that one, but I won't harp on that too much. Um, I've got to imagine you really liked what you saw out of Zach Moss. Zach Moss is a tough runner, man. He's a tough Mm -hmm. runner. Like the vision's not perfect. The burst isn't really there. The explosion's not really there, but you're not going to have many negative runs with Zach Moss. I mean, obviously one of his biggest highlights of the day was when he had that sweep run to the left, I believe in the fourth quarter where he was swallowed up for like a four yard gain, tosses Jadavian Clowney off him and turns it up and turns into a four yard gain or should have been a four yard loss turned into a four yard gain. Like that's an, that's almost an explosive play right there. That's almost a plus 10 run because of what he was able to turn, what would have been a negative play and probably a drive killer into a positive run on that play. So Zach Moss is just such a good running back to have in the Shane Steichen system where you're going to always stay ahead of the sticks. You're always going to stay in those third and manageable because Zach Moss is always going to get you into that situation. He's going to get those three, four, five really tough running yards and get you into third and short, third and two, third and three, whatever it's going to be. Uh, So Zach Moss is a great running back to have for this system. He's played really good football the last two weeks. Uh, And even dating back to last year when he took over as a starter, he's been a really big plus uh, in this Colts backfield. Yeah, I I put out a a tweet shortly before this. He's had like six games going back to last year where he's been like the lead ball carrier. He's been really productive. He's, He's averaged around five yards per touch or a little more in those six games. Three games with over 100 yards from scrimmage, three games with a touchdown. So he's really effective. Again, like you mentioned, not explosive, but he's got like all the other intangibles to be a productive runner. Uh, I also, you know, I really liked what I saw from Michael Pittman. Those games where these guys don't average 10 yards of catch is a little, it it could be a little icky at times, I guess, because he had two, at least two catches where he got pretty decent yardage. Of course, the the highlight one late in the game, nine for 77 for him. Uh, he's actually the first Colts player with three consecutive games of eight plus catches since Reggie Wayne did it at the end of 2011 into 2012. So that even surpasses T.Y. Hilton. So he's he's been really productive this year. Uh, Josh Downs, I also think he's just got such a feel for 
He's slippery after the catch, just grinds out those extra few yards. These two are just a really solid tandem to have moving the chains. Yeah, and even Alec Pierce, you know, he had his best game mm-hmm. of the season. He had three catches for 43 yards, two really nice catches in traffic in this game. Yes, you would love him to pull down that one late. Yeah, but that was a good, good play, play by the defender. It was yeah. a good play by the corner. It was also just a weird, I don't know, it was, I'm not saying it, was, it wasn't a bad ball by Gardner Minshew because he gave his guy a chance to get it. And that's what you want with your jump ball receiver. But it was like a back shoulder throw and Pierce had like two steps on the corner. So it was kind of, it was like a weird, just a weird play in general. I love the mm-hmm. play call. I love the play design uh, to get the, that jump ball situation. You want Pierce to come down with it. But I mean, for the most part, Pierce had a really strong game too. So I think the top three receivers are really coming into their own a little bit. And I, I'm, I'm telling you guys there, there are chances for Pierce down the field where he's just two, three, four steps past his guy. It's just not getting there yet. I mean, there was one where Gardner Minshew just didn't feel the pressure, slid up in a really weird way, and threw it like falling forward <laughs> and threw it right. over Pierce's head where Pierce had a good a couple steps on the guy. So I do think those deep balls are going to come for Pierce in the system, and I think they're eventually going to get there. Pittman's playing really well. Josh Downs is third downs right now. If, it, if it's the third and short, Josh Downs is getting that first down for the Colts. So uh, they have a really good thing going, I think, with their top trio. Uh, and before we get out of the segment, I did want to hit on the offensive line. Yeah. Offensive line, another really good week. Bernard Ryman, Will Fries, and uh, Quentin Nelson, all phenomenal in pass protection. Run game could have been a little better, but the Ravens, they were just stacking the box and coming uh, because it, Gardner Minshew is not going to threaten you with his with his right. arm. So you're going to be stacking the box and running downhill. And you also don't have to account for the QB rushing threat because there's Gardner Minshew is not going to pull it and run. So it, they were just really coming downhill. I mean, it really it, – it, credit to Zach Moss for grinding out so many yards. He really should not have had that many yards with how little space he had to run. Uh, but besides that, I think the Colts offensive line played really good football in this one. Uh, and, and Wesley French too, admirable, admirable job filling in. It wasn't phenomenal. It wasn't great, but did a really admirable job filling in. And I think, um, you know, he, he deserves his spot on the roster for sure. I was going to say, we're, we're, we've talked a lot about the offensive line depth coming into the season. We now have a small sample size of what it looks like with Wesley French, Josh Sills. So those guys are getting some experience. You obviously want to see the starters in there, but the guys who you want to have experience are are finally starting to get that a little bit. Uh, Coming up on the next segment, we're going to talk about how Gus Bradley, the guy is just getting into his bag these days. Uh, But first up, we're going to talk about our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And every day as we back here tomorrow to talk about some of our pre or some of our standouts of the early season play, not the preseason standouts, some of our standouts of early season play. What has surprised us so far and which guys are deserving of team MVP through three weeks for the Indianapolis Colts. So every day is again, join us tomorrow morning for that great conversation. All right, Drake, Jake, getting into this defense here, it was 
a tough day for them. It was a tough day and not in a bad way. Tough day as in they came out and they played physical against a really good Baltimore Ravens offense. Yes, the Ravens were a little bit hampered. They didn't have Odell Beckham Jr. They didn't have uh, some running backs in this game. A lot of their offensive linemen were missing, but they still have MVP candidate Lamar Jackson. Like Lamar Jackson is a top tier player in this league. And we saw it this past weekend. He had over 300 total yards, two touchdowns in this game, 100 yards on the ground. It's Lamar Jackson. You can have the greatest defensive game ever, and he's still going to get his. Uh, but I think this Colts defense played admirably as well. Uh, they had two really tough drives where, you know, the, the Ravens went right down the field on them and scored touchdowns, where Lamar Jackson caps it off with touchdown yeah. runs. But aside from those two drives, the Colts defense was locking it down this entire game. And we're going to get to some players here in a second. I know you have some PFF grades and stuff to go over with them. But Gus Bradley, I just want to have a big shout out to Gus Bradley for this game. Uh, because watching the film, I mean, if you're watching that first half, I, I had Lamar Jackson with 11 dropbacks in the first half. And the Colts blitzed on just one of them. One of those dropbacks. And I believe Jackson was like 9 of 10 passing or 9 of 9 passing mm-hmm. in the first half. You go to the second half. And Gus Bradley jumps that up to around 52%, I believe, 52% blitzing in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. They blitzed at a uh, at a 58% rate in the fourth quarter and overtime. They really came after Lamar Jackson. They made it uncomfortable in the pocket. They had two big sacks on third downs uh, late in the game, or I guess I guess the Quiddy Pay sack was on second down, but you know it was really late in the game, so it was like a third down situation. Uh, and the Zaire Franklin one before that was was on a third down. And then they had constant pressure on other blitzes where it just made Lamar Jackson uncomfortable, getting that ball out quick, let, letting him sit in the pocket and not create with his legs and move around. Uh, so Gus Bradley, a guy who never blitzes. I know the the broadcast team, the one right thing they said the entire time, this entire game, was that <laughs> Gus Bradley doesn't blitz that much because he doesn't. But when he does blitz, he is one of the most creative and innovative blitzers that I have ever studied. I love when Gus Bradley blitzes. So when you get a game like this, where Gus, by my count, they blitzed around 40% of the time, which across the league, that would be in like the top five across the entire league. Uh, so they blitz around 40% of the time. When you get that kind of Gus Bradley, oh, chef's kiss, chef's kiss. Gus Bradley with his innovative blitzes. I mean, there was Prowler defensive tackles standing up. There was Grant Stewart coming in just to blitz <laughs> on a couple of times. Grant Stewart has four snaps this year on defense. All four of them were blitzes where he, he came. That's crashing. your goon right yeah. there. Yeah. So it's just Gus Bradley's so fun with his blitz designs and what he does with them. And he said in the second half, you know what? I'm coming after this quarterback. I'm not letting him kill me with a thousand paper cuts. I'm coming downhill. I'm coming after him. And he's, he's going to have to beat us with a quick game. Uh, so I really impressive game plan by Gus Bradley and really impressive adjustment into that second half to get this defense playing with their hair on fire the whole time. Yeah. In the, the pregame show that I did on Friday, I had some concerns obviously facing Lamar Jackson, but I said, you know, if they keep up the pressure at the rate that they're going, you can get to him and he can turn the ball over. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Gus, it seemed like he smelled blood in the water. He had them going and guys like Quiddy pay Samson, Abukum, Taven, Brian, like, they were all there to answer the call and to make things uncomfortable. Like you had mentioned, you you see Jackson, you know, flipping these passes out real quick, inaccurately, and you know, before he would like to have processed everything, and so they just made life difficult for him. Looking at Quiddy Pay again, the guy had for the second time in his career, uh, three consecutive games with a sack. Uh, so a healthy Quiddy Pay is a very good thing for sure. Uh, Samson Abukum continues to 
be a really good compliment to pay on the other side of the line. Uh, his 84.3 grade from PFF was the second best among all defenders for the Colts. Uh, really, really liking what this defensive line is doing. It's three straight weeks. And yes, the, the Ravens were really hampered, uh, especially on the offensive line, but it's Lamar Jackson at the end of the day. It's still Gus Edwards. Like those are guys who know how to be successful. They know what they're doing. And the Colts defense just keeps answering the call. Yeah, they're second in the NFL right now in sacks with 12 sacks, only behind mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's at 13 sacks. So they're one and off t- of. And have TJ Watt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, no, this is a really complimentary pass rush that they have right now. Samson Ebukam and, and Quiddy Pay, they're not guys who are just going to constantly beat their man all game long, but they are guys who are going to constantly collapse that pocket. And it kind of goes to what the blitzing was going like with the with the Colts in this one is you can't blitz a mobile quarterback. Because if you do, the second they get past one blitzer, they're gone. It's a huge play for the offense, and you're toasted. So the Colts had to have pure confidence in their pass rushers and their coaching with Richard Smith and Nate Ollie up front uh, that when these guys are blitzing, they're going to stay true to their pass rush lanes. They're going to stay true to their contain. And they're going to at least, at at the very end of the day, they're going to speed up the processing of Lamar Jackson and keep him in the pocket. So the hats off to the coaching for getting those guys ready and knowing how their rushed lanes on those pass rush plays. And then obviously the guys to go out there and contribute and, and get the thing, get the job done. Uh, they did a really great job in those pass rushers on the outside, the linebackers coming in, it all just worked perfect uh, harmony to get Lamar Jackson just off his rhythm. Mm-hmm. And then obviously pass rush and coverage work hand in hand. I want to get to the linebackers in a minute, but we have to get to guys like Juju Brents and Julian mm-hmm. Blackman as well. Brents, his debut and was lights out. Highest graded defender on the team with an 87.6. He did everything you want to see. He was competitive. He played confidently. Uh, He made that, had that forced fumble and recovered it, had another pass breakup late. And he was inserted basically as, you know, the other outside cornerback. Like he took on a huge role in his debut Uh, On Monday, Shane Steichen said, you know, he's just been coming along really nice the first couple weeks in practice, and they felt it was finally time to let him loose, and it comes on the heels of a really rough game from Daryl Baker, but I mean, at this point, it seems like Brents is the guy on the outside. Hey, remember everything I was complaining about with Daryl Baker Jr. after his week two game was, look, I don't care if you make mistakes, but make them at a thousand miles per hour. Mm -hmm. Be aggressive, enforce your will on opponents. And do these things, just play fast, you know, play fast and aggressive and strong. And Juju Brents, you know, it wasn't perfect. He allowed a couple catches in front. I mean, I think the first two passes the Ravens had were were catches right in front of him to to, uh, Zay Jones. So, or not Zay Jones, um, Zay Flowers there on that side of the field. So he wasn't perfect, but he was coming downhill. He was hitting guys. He had that huge force fumble chasing down a play and punching the ball out. And again, I don't want to keep dogging on Daryl Baker Jr., but you weren't going to see that from Daryl Baker Jr. whatsoever. Juju Brands came in from day one and showed why he needs to be starting because, hey, I can make the same mistakes that he's going to make, but I'm going to make them running, you know, 100 miles per hour and actually hitting dudes. So that's mm-hmm. that's all that really matters to me. He got out there. He played fast. He played strong. He played confident, and he was able to get some really good things out there. So as long as he keeps growing from here, I'm all in. Juju Brents, you keep that, keep that starting role and keep doing what you're doing out there. Yeah, and I got I have just a quick question for you. It's probably an obvious one, but I mean tackles aren't everything, but Zaire Franklin is tackling at like a basically a historic rate. But is he one of the NFL's best linebackers? 
Like, I mean, I it's, think it's starting to trend that way. It feels. I think so far this year he has been. I mean, you got to have more, like more break pass breakups and coverage and more yes. interceptions and stuff to really get up there with like the Fred Warners of the league and stuff right now. But I think if you were like looking at like all pro selections right now, or at least Pro Bowl selections for sure, Pro Bowl selections, the guy who's at a historic rate with tackling has a, a big force fumble, has a pass deflection, has a sack through three games. Like, it's not like he's only doing the London Fletcher thing and tackling guys 30 yards down the field. He's getting tackles for a loss. He's getting run stops. He's getting, um, you know, sacks out there as well. He's doing it all for this Colts defense. So I do think that has to all factor together where it's like, hey, this is at least a Pro Bowl caliber season from him so far. It's only mm-hmm. three games, but heck, we're, we're looking at a, at a pace that he's on right now where he could be at 100 tackles by like week seven. You know, yeah. week six, he could be at 100 tackles. So, Zaire Franklin, we're going to talk more about him tomorrow because we expected a big year from him. But, like, holy cow, like this kind yeah. of year he's having is just unreal. So we're going to talk more about Zaire Franklin tomorrow. Uh, but coming up, guys, we're going to talk about what we want to see from this Colts defense and just Colts offense and everything in general going forward and some positives they can build on from this victory against the Ravens. But first, do you need fresh groceries for the week, but you don't have time to go to the store? Try grocery delivery with DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. You trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. Want even more value? You can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. Guys, I have Dash Pass. It's one of my favorite things. Um, I use it for restaurant food a lot too, but now with the grocery delivery stuff, I mean, I don't want to go out and get onions tonight, even though I have to go get onions for dinner. So I might just, I just might just use DoorDash to get onions to my door. So I don't have to, you know, go out with this mustache that you guys have me wearing (laughs) with easy substitutions right in the app and best in class customer support. DoorDash delivers groceries exactly the way you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order uh, to a $20 value when you use code locked on NFL at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNFL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, guys, so diving into what we want to see from the Colts going forward uh, and just how this offense and just this Colts team in general can continue their positive development and and continue after this big one. I mean, you don't want to have a letdown after this massive win against the Baltimore Ravens. I think the biggest thing we want to see going forward, Jake, is QB1 back on the field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's QB1 back on the field. Yeah. Um, Gardner Minshew, admirable job, did a really good job. I cannot say that word, by the way. Admirable job. You guys are going to kill me in the comments for this, but admirable job by Gardner Minshew. Uh, in this one, I think he he did as well as Gardner Minshew could do, and he got the Colts victory against the Baltimore Ravens. But it's time to get the guy that this offense is designed for out there. We saw he was on the verge of a massive game in Week Two against the Houston Texans. Had to leave that game with an injury, unfortunately. Now we just need to get him back for either the Rams game or even if he has to miss another week because of this concussion, because you just never know how recovery is with a concussion. You know, just get him back healthy, get him back out there and get this offense rolling because the defense is carrying the load a lot right now. The offense isn't as bad as what it was last year because the O-line and the run game is still kind of there, but passing game needs to get going a little bit, you know, and it needs QB1 in there 
to really get going. So I think the biggest thing for me going forward is, look, I'm loving what I'm seeing. I'm loving how well coached this team is. I'm loving the energy and tenacity of the trenches on both sides of the ball. Let's get QB1 out there and start throwing the ball around a little bit or start having the explosive runs a little bit. You know, we can keep dinking and dunking and getting little chunk plays with our run game and and quick hitters. But let's get let's get some offense going now. Let's give this defense a little bit of help. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got to give the Colts credit because I didn't pick them to win the Ravens game. I thought it was gonna be close, but I thought the Ravens would win. Um, even with a whole seven starters out, I, I thought the Ravens would win. So I've got to give the Colts credit because they've finally made me a believer that they're not just I, I thought they would be competitive in pretty much every game, but just maybe weren't ready to win those types of games where they could take advantage. I'm buying in now. And I think adding Anthony Richardson, like you're saying, unlocks so much more. Like yeah. against Houston and against Baltimore, the Colts might have won, I don't know, comfortably, but it might not have gotten as interesting as it was at certain points. I mean, obviously the Ravens, it was overtime, but adding Richardson into that opens the offense so much more. It adds an entire new element to a run game that's already been pretty productive in these last couple games. Uh, the downfield passing game can open up a little bit more, especially when you get defenses like this who are going to play a little bit more man. Um, so, yeah, getting Richardson out there will be huge. Obviously, it could be a, an exciting matchup if it's against the Rams. You know, you have Aaron Donald flushing him out of the pocket and he's running around doing whatever. Uh, can make some some special plays, ad-libbing a little bit. Um, but adding Richardson with Zach Moss, who's been on fire already, this Rams matchup that I'm looking at just in the very near future, not necessarily long-term, this is a team that has allowed Kenneth Walker and Christian McCaffrey to both average over five yards of carry. The Colts have been doing really well lately. So you add Richardson into this, we could see uh, just another really big run performance from the Colts, similar to what we were on the way to seeing against the Texans. Yeah. Yeah. And the big thing for me, too, in this game is just continually the continuing the trench play that we've seen on both sides of the ball. I mean, I think I don't think it's too crazy to say that this is the best trench play we've seen from the Colts in a long time, maybe since like 2020 when yeah. they had Justin Houston. And I think Danico Autry was still on the other side of the ball, along with DeForest Buckner had just come over. So the defensive line was playing really well. And then obviously the offensive line in 2020 was lights out for pretty yeah. much the entire year. I think this is the best we've seen since then, though. The offensive line is playing at a really good level. Bernard Ryman and Quentin Nelson are both playing at extremely high levels. Will Fry is an above-average guard. When Ryan Kelly gets back in there, he's been one of the better centers in football this year. Braden Smith's been kind of average, but like that's fine. If we're going to have an average starter, that's fine you know, yeah. on the offensive line. And then you go to the defensive line, like we said. They're second in the NFL in sacks right now. Abu Kam and Quiddy Pay are both having really good years. DeForest Buckner is, is still that playmaker on the interior. So this trench play, if they can continue what they're doing through these first three weeks, carry that into this Rams game, carrying that going forward, the Colts are going to be in every single game this year. It doesn't matter if you have Gardner Minshew out there. It doesn't matter if you have Anthony Richardson going through some rookie struggles at times. As long as your trench play is at a really high level like it's been for the Colts, they can compete with anybody. And we've seen that through three weeks. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars are not off to the start that we thought they'd be off to, but the Colts were competitive in that game until the end. You look at this past week against the Baltimore Ravens with their own backup quarterback out there, they were able to pull out a victory. So when you have strong trench play, you can compete with any team. And I think right now the Colts have really strong trench play. And I just want to see that carrying forward, going like going forward with this team for the rest of the year. Totally agree. When, when you've got things clicking inside on both sides of the ball, like you literally, it, 
the possibilities are endless for how far you can get. And we talked about the passing game opening up a little bit, not just downfield and everything, but we've seen whether it's Richardson or Minchie, there's been a lot of short stuff, you know, just trying trying to dink and dunk and just, you know, having an extension of the run game being that short passing game. I think, I mean, Kylan Granson has been pretty involved, but now that Drew Ogletree is healthy again, he's back from his concussion. I think really good things happen when you get those guys moving up the seam, you know, mm-hmm. pushing the numbers a little bit, like, Getting the ball downfield doesn't have to mean Alec Pierce, you know, leaving his guy a couple steps in the dust every time. Like, there's other ways to do it. And they've got some really talented pass-catching tight ends that can do it. Um, Ogletree and Granson. I think Will Mallory's probably going to be the odd man out, you know, uh, for a while. You know, we'll see what happens when Jelani Woods gets back. But you got some guys that can push the field a little bit as tight ends. And maybe it'll open up things where you don't have to have Michael Pittman averaging like eight yards a catch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing is just, you know, this Colts defense, especially in the secondary, I know they had a really strong week this past week against Lamar Jackson, but continue building forward, have a strong week against one of the better passers in football and Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's arguably been a top five quarterback in the league so far this year. That could all change by the time this recording comes out though, because he plays the Bengals <laughs> on Monday yep. night football, but you know, continue having a, you know, bounce, like, I guess, carry this last performance forward against a really good pocket passer. You know, they struggled against CJ Stroud. They had struggles against Trevor Lawrence. Let's see if they can, you know, bounce back and, and have a good game against a really high level pocket passer in Matthew Stafford. So mm-hmm. you guys can leave in the comments while you're making fun of my mustache. Also leave in the comments what you want to see from the Colts next week against the Los Angeles Rams. We're going to have a whole week talking about that matchup coming up. So don't worry. Uh, we'll have you covered here. All you beautiful everydayers. And again, if you don't already follow at locked on Colts at Jake Arthur NFL and at Zach Hicks to all on Twitter. Also subscribe to YouTube wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd love your guys ratings and reviews and we'll see you guys back here bright and early tomorrow morning.